0: And welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, Boris Johnson said enough of the COVID restrictions. We are now going back to normal. There's no more passports. There's no more anything. Schools are gonna be open. There's no social distancing, no mask rules. All of it is over because we have passed the peak and it's time to get back to regular life. At the same time Joe Biden is holding a press conference that was almost incomprehensible and they are still talking about making even more restrictions in America. There's a lot of politics going on and unfortunately real people, real businesses, real families are being hurt. I'm gonna give you a case next that it, i you know i never thought i would see it this fast in my lifetime a hospital up in minnesota admits a guy who has covid he goes on a ventilator the doctors say you know what we can't really we can't really help you because well i mean he didn't get the vaccine and maybe things would have been different if he got the vaccine So they wrote him off. Luckily, we still live in a republic where states can do crazy things and other states are still at their senses. The wife and an attorney got him released from that hospital and has had him flown here to Texas. This is an amazing story of comply or die in 60 seconds. All right, gotta have a good backup plan, uh, you know, in life. For instance, I go out to Cheesecake Factory, and they, I'm only there really for the dessert. I'll eat whatever they have prior to, but I want the dessert. But they're out of my favorite cheesecake. I always have a backup plan, don't worry. I have ice cream at home in the freezer. So I can say, you know, honey, let's skip dessert. And I go home
1: and have a big bowl of ice cream. Or you can get your second favorite cheesecake and then get ice cream at home.
2: Well,
0: I, I have been known to do that. Okay. Uh, in fact, I have been known to say, why don't we skip dinner, have <laughs> cheesecake as our entree, mm. and then cheesecake for dessert, and then we'll go home and have some ice cream. <laughs> so I always have backup plans, uh, and if if all else fails, it's Built Bar. Built Bar is really saving me right now. I'm trying to lose about 50 pounds, uh, and uh, I've lost, I think, 12 pounds in the last few weeks. And a lot of it is due to Built Bars because I have a sweet tooth like crazy. Built Bar is a protein bar; it's good for you. It, it, it you know, has all the crap in it that your wife is like, "Yeah, have it. Uh, but you don't want to eat them because they suck. Built does not suck. Made with real chocolate, low in carbs, low in calories. They'll help you get through the day snack on them it's a real candy bar i mean they call it a health bar but it's a candy bar built.com use the promo code beck15 save 15 percent off your order built.com all right i i want to get right to the uh the family here that uh is is dealing in texas had to come from uh had to come from minnesota because ann quiner's husband got sick in Minnesota, they live in Minnesota, fighting for any kind of medical freedom in Minnesota, not happening. So they had to transfer him down just to be treated because he didn't take the vaccine. So now he's in Texas. Anne, welcome to the program. Yes. How are you?
3: I'm doing good and I just want to thank you and I just for honoring and I feel very blessed and honored to have to be on your show.
0: Oh, Well, that's kind of you to say thank you. And I'm glad you're here in the great state of Texas. Your attorney is also on the phone, right?
2: Correct. Yes, I am.
0: And I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. I'm sorry.
2: My name is Marjorie Holston.
0: Hi, Marjorie. How are you?
2: Wonderful. Thank you.
0: Okay. So, Anne, if you can tell me the story of what happened to you in Minnesota.
3: Um, basically around October 25th, my husband learned that he had tested positive for COVID. Uh, He was coughing and he had had bronchitis in the past, but he did a test and it came back to his phone that he was positive. So, uh, he stayed home for four days because he was afraid to go to the hospital because we had learned from other experiences, you know, the nightmare, the horrific nightmare that people would had going through, especially with, you know, protocols. But his oxygen levels were dipping, so I brought him to a hospital that I thought was an independent hospital, but it turned out to be a part of a line of clinic where he was transferred to again. Mm -hmm. And so, um, basically, when he was admitted to the hospital, um, they immediately put him on a drug called dexamethasone, and it's an IV, and uh, he texted me a picture, and he said, I'm finally feeling better, my oxygen is is up, good thing I'm that I came in Well, I didn't hear from him for a few days. And, um, I learned later that that drug you're, is, if he was having shortness of breath and he was hypertensive and his blood pressure was up, they should have never given him that medication. First of all, because it, it pushed him into, um, if you look at drugs.com, that drug, there's drugs that actually can push you into intubation. I don't have that in front of me. Holy right now. Cow.
0: But- Okay, no. so 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 wait a minute. Now, no, hang on, just a sec. So he goes in. He had not had a, a vaccine. Um, he didn't want one. You didn't want one. Uh, and so you bring him into the hospital. I was just talking to a doctor yesterday who said, "Glenn, this has got to stop." He said, "When is the last time somebody with diabetes went in?" Uh, and was diagnosed with diabetes and they said go home take an aspirin and when you're about to pass out maybe come back to the hospital and we'll treat you there are treatments yeah. that you can use to lessen these uh and they're making fun of them and they're they're banning doctors from using them why did they choose this drug did they say
3: for anxiety
0: for anxiety huh. yeah they
3: said that he had anxiety and then later down the road, when I went back and I looked at his charts, they put him on fentanyl, Versed, fentanyl, alcohol. fentanyl, fifty milligrams, Seroqual. It was it,
0: <laughs> okay. So oh, yeah. when did you when and when did you call uh, Marjorie, the attorney?
3: Um, that was uh, actually I. Uh, Shane Mecklin, I, I was in contact with him and Priscilla, Who is I hired a patient advocate, Priscilla from Grace, LLC, okay. and she. both of them contacted, uh, Shane contacted Marjorie because we, um, it came to the point where they contacted me and said, we are going to turn off Scott's ventilator, and I recorded it to, from to my phone because I was I refused to be in the meeting. I had already been in another meeting like 2 weeks before where they wanted to turn off the ventilator and that's so I said no and I said you have other I have other options and I I other choices that you are not doing and I am not going to turn off Scott's ventilator. So I contacted Shane and my Priscilla. They contacted Stu Peters and then it went to um uh uh, the, my attorney Marjorie, and that's when we said this it went viral because we said i said to them if if I don't do something now, they are going it, i said i told them. them that I do not want them to turn off the ventilator, and if they do that it is highly illegal what they were doing, and they said we do not care. We made the we made the call. We whether you're here or not, we are going to turn off the ventilator on January 13th at noon. So I got together with Marjorie. We made the connection. I went over to her house and she typed up the restraining order and we submitted it.
0: Marjorie, have you ever seen anything like this before?
2: It was absolutely stunning. She came in and she has this uh, order. It, I saw the screenshot from her my chart that says he is scheduled basically for execution noon the following day. And it was the afternoon of the day before when Annie came to my office. So Documents are filed electronically, so we sat down and started drafting up the documents. The court closes at 4.30. We didn't even get all the documents filed January 12th in time to get an order before that. I had also called the hospital and said, be expecting a temporary restraining order, praying that I would in fact get it. Midnight, I received an email that uh, the hospital had hired one of the big downtown law firms, and they were opposing our action. Um, And then the following morning, when the court opened again, the judge said that opposing counsel, Mercy Hospital, has until 10 o'clock in the morning to file a response. Um, And, Glenn, if I can read to you one sentence from their response. Um, We were the plaintiff. Mercy Hospital is the defendant, and the response says, Plaintiff's position, and again, our position is that we want Scott to live and not be killed, right. but plaintiff's position is not supported by medical science or Minnesota law. As a result, Mercy will ask the court to issue an order that Mercy has the authority to discontinue Mr. Quiner's ventilator and proceed with his medical care plan. What?
0: What? <laughs> what is yeah. that? sizing him for a new suit? What? What exactly was their medical plan well, the there? The
2: medical care plan was the plan to discontinue the ventilator at noon, which would lead to death very shortly. Okay. So that was at ten o'clock. But then at eleven o'clock, before the twelve o'clock execution, the judge did in fact sign an order saying the hospital is restrained from pulling the plug.
0: Oh my gosh! I can't even imagine, Nan, what that felt like. Um okay so so at what point did you say we got to get him out of here and in fact out of the state
3: uh, from the very time that I dropped him off and really he was transferred to the hospital <laughs> but uh, you know I tried um back probably 2 to 3 weeks before when we originally met the first time when they wanted me to put him in palliative care they called me at home and said, I, you know, we want to put him in palliative care. They told my daughter at the hospital without me there, they kept saying, why aren't they were turning my family against me. They, my pastors went down there and they said, we want to pray for Scott. And there were three of them. And they said, the charge nurse said, there is only one person allowed for visiting hours. And so, my one pastor said, "I'll go in there, and then the two of us are going to go down to the chapel and pray. Well, and wait, you know, down there, she called the head of security to come down and remove us from the chapel."
0: Oh my gosh! I have. The a, by the way, day, welcome to Texas. I'm a priesthood holder in my faith, and it takes <laughs> two for a healing prayer. And so, I had my best friend was in the hospital. There's only one person allowed. I called the doctor. I called the hospital, and I said, not using my name or anything. I said, "We need to go give him a blessing." There were three of us in the room. There wasn't even a there wasn't even a thought in a Texas hospital of no. I'm sorry, we got to we got to restrict this. They let the priesthood in. They let people give blessings to people, and they waive those rules. So welcome to Texas. Anyway,
3: yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So then uh, they uh, the next day they allowed i i went in there was li- there was literally 10 people in my husband's room the very next day so i went from one day where there was one person allowed to come in on visiting hours and the next day there was 10 people in my in my husband's room they didn't call me they didn't ask who the people were that showed up in my husband's room and um what they did is they were telling my family that i was being very difficult and that they were pushing them to get me to either put him in comfort care or sign the DNR. And so it was this response that I was getting of, he's critically ill, what's wrong with you? Why are you allowing this to happen to him? And so then I was put in the position of, yeah. you know, telling them this is what they are doing to him. And no, it is not right, you know, what? So, they were, every time I asked them about their protocols, their plans of care, I had to ask them what their plans of care every day, the cycles of medications, you know, it was, it was just non-stop, a cycle of just hysterics. It was okay. a nightmare.
0: Okay. So now you're in a hospital in Texas and I don't want to give the hospital name away or anything, but what is, what are the doctors here in Texas saying?
3: So he showed up right when Scott was at the hospital when first, Scott first arrived on Lifelink, Life and he went to meet, he said, I, he showed up, I said, he said, I wanna go spend some time with Scott. He said, I wanna get to know him. So this he is asked a doctor. about two, the doctor spent okay. two hours with Scott, and he came back out and he said, um, I don't know how you even made it, how you, he even survived that other hospital, and how you even, he survived, even, you know, and he said, but I am gonna do everything that I can to try to save his life. And he said, I'm gonna order like an EEG, I'm gonna order a CT scan from head to toe, I'm gonna order labs, I'm gonna order this. And I said, oh, are you gonna do that tomorrow? Because that's what I was normally used to. And he said, no, I'm doing that right now. He goes, this is a hospital. (sighs)
4: <sighs> um,
0: and
3: Glenn, can
2: we add in that when Scott did arrive, the doctor said Scott was the most undernourished patient he had ever seen. When Scott first yep. arrived in the hospital, when he first got sick, he weighed two hundred and ten. When he arrived in Texas, he weighed one eighty. Oh my gosh! Yep, that's okay. Correct.
0: So, uh, so Marjorie, what is the plan to stop this from happening in? The most misnamed hospital, it it appears on the planet, Mercy Hospital, and others in in yeah. in Minnesota.
2: Well, Glenn, we are first bringing this battle to the court of public opinion, and you are absolutely critical to that role, and we thank you for having this on. Yeah. What we are showing the world is that Scott was near death because of the protocols used in that hospital, but now he is recovering, he is getting better, yeah. um, and he yeah. has some amazing stories, if you have time, about how much he has improved
0: so here's what, here's we are absolutely thrilled here's what i want to do we're not
2: planning a funeral we're planning for his release at some point
0: okay here's what I, here's what i want to do first of all if you're listening uh i want you to go to give send go.com slash ann mm-hmm. a-n-n-e give send slash ann this is a way for you to help support the family mm-hmm. uh they are obviously this is costing a ton of money and if we can as a community let's let's help give send slash and let's take care of that one first then uh, let us stay in touch with our producers and, and me and let's uh, monitor this case and find out you know I, I want to see the the milestones that are hitting if we can talk to the doctor I would love to interdu- interview the doctor uh, and uh, we'll be continuing this story with you both Thank you both very much for what you're doing and bringing this uh, to our attention as well as the rest of the country. Ann Quiner is her name. Her husband uh, is named Scott, and you can pray for him. He is now in a hospital here in Texas, uh, away from um, a medical facility that on tape is saying things would have been different if he just would have gotten a vaccine. Really? Uh, again, give, send, go.com slash an with an E. American Financing NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Unbelievable. All right. Um, here's one of the things that you need to know today. There is um, there's an article out that says if the Federal Reserve is serious, they have to raise interest rates by six points. Uh, okay. <laughs> First of all. That's not serious. That's a that's a good first day, maybe. uh, But that's not serious if you really want to change the rate of inflation. Uh, But what that means to you is they are going to start raising interest rates. And already the banks are doing it, even though they're not paying for more money from the uh, paying more money for their borrowing from the Fed. They're charging you more money to borrow from them. You're risky. You know, American financing does not work for these banks. They work for you, and I want you to look and see if your mortgage can be reset to a locked-in lower rate. If you're paying anything over three, you need to call American Financing. If you have high-interest credit card debt, pay that off through a mortgage uh, consolidation loan. American financing can help you save hundreds, if not a thousand dollars, every single month. American financing, 800 906 2440. 800 906 2440. Americanfinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. I, I'm just having such a hard time, Stu, processing. The crazy things that are going on right now. First of all, Boris Johnson, and I know part of this is political on Boris Johnson's part, um, but Boris Johnson has just yesterday said, no more vaccine mandates, no more mask mandates, no more social distancing. We're done. It's over. Uh, Now that might be a little early, but it's in the right direction. And here in the United States, the left and Biden, they are still acting like they're locking people up in China for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I think DC put on a bunch of new restrictions just this they week. They did. Yeah, they did. You can't if if you're a representative or a senator, you can't go to a restaurant. You can't go anywhere outside of the Capitol unless you have a little permission slip that says you've been vaccinated and you have all your boosters.
1: The Glenn back program.
0: We must work on empathy for all people, especially those we disagree with. Uh, Let me tell you about relief factor, talking about empathy. Um, Debbie wrote in and she said, my husband had aches and pains from hard days work for years. His work required him to walk miles with a 40 pound backpack daily. Outside of military, what do you think that might be? Ah, drug mule. Anyway, relief, (laughs) relief factor changed his life. He doesn't suffer from the aches and pains anymore. Thank you so much, Debbie. I am so glad that you are there because probably your husband is a little like me and was like, ah, it's not going to work for me. And you said, take it. I'm not going to listen to you whine anymore relief factor changed my life thanks to my wonderful wife tanya the three-week quick start i said i'd take it for three weeks but it's not going to work it did and it works for about 70 percent of the people they go on to order more relief factor get your life back get out of pain 800 the number four relief 800 for relief or go to relieffactor.com
1: relieffactor.com feel the difference You can catch the great reset special at blaze tv.com glenn the promo code is the great reset to save 15 bucks
0: you know th- th- this is so easy to see which side you're on are you on a good side or an evil side uh we just talked to the woman who up in minnesota her husband was Pretty much it sounds to be uh, to me like pretty much being killed uh, by the doctors. And on tape, they say, well, you know, it would have been different if he would have had the vaccine. And they they were hostile because when he got to the hospital, he had not had the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stu
1: and I were just talking about the lack of empathy. Yeah, because, you know, let's just say for for argument's sake that their point is completely true. He actually would have been saved from these terrible uh, consequences if he had taken the vaccine. Let's just say that's true, for argument's sake. Well, all the time, hospitals get heart attack patients from people who are really overweight. Yeah. And I think they could fairly make the argument if this guy wasn't such a fat, fat, fatty, he'd probably be fine. We send our fire department
0: to cut holes in people's houses who have been eating whole chickens for five years (laughs) uh, you know, as a snack. Right and we give
1: them compassionate care. If you if you go out and get hammered at a bar and crash into a pole, even if you run over four kindergartners on the way, they'll
0: still try to save you. How and many times how many times have we seen things like, you know, an ER show or Grey's Anatomy where they're like, this guy just killed all these people. That's not for
1: us to worry about.
0: Right. He's a human being. Save his life.
1: We think time. think of the work we did in uh in to literal terrorists yeah who have gone and bombed who have shot and killed our troops who have have set off explosives killing civilians we still try to save them. so it is so
0: easy to see which side of history are you on it's becoming more and more clear gosh that doesn't seem to ever hold the test of time losing compassion and empathy doesn't work Going in and seeing people like George Soros, why is our crime so out of control? Why are our streets in our major cities? Well, you can't dare say the name George Soros, otherwise you're an anti-Semite. No, it has nothing to do with him being Jewish, and I think he hates the fact that he's being Jewish. I think he's an anti-Semite on himself, um, but it has nothing to do with what he is doing. No one is willing to say the truth about what he has brought onto our cities. And it is time for America to follow the pattern of other countries around the world and say, you are an enemy to stability. You are an enemy of of really our country. There's a new book out. No one writes a book about George Soros that's not flattering. There's one out. Uh, It's called The Man Behind the Curtain. It's written by the content manager of the Bungina Report. Matt Palumbo is the author. He is with us now. The Man Behind the Curtain, Inside the Secret Network of George Soros. Matt, while you're still alive, let me just say congratulations on that.
4: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Glenn. I just want to say, I know we haven't met before, but your show back on Fox was actually the first political talk show I ever watched. Oh, wow. uh, Back when I was in high school. I learned about Soros from your show. So, I, you know, I, you've actually had a pretty big influence on in my life. And oh, my thank career. you. Thank uh, you it very probably, much. You know, kind of led to this book to some extent. Um, I, I, I,
0: I will tell you that the things that you're, you, your timing is perfect on this. Let's talk about the, the, the active role that George Soros has played all over this country that is having murderers released to go out and commit more crimes.
4: Yeah. So the the longest chapter in the book is called George Soros goes local. And, you know, we all know all politics is local. He you know discovered that. And it is so much easier to move the needle when you're spending, you know, a million bucks on a local DA race than a presidential election, just as a total spending. And, you know, the so-called criminal justice reform, which is really a perversion of, of criminal justice, has been this sort of new meme for the left. And You know, obviously, if you're going to do it legislatively, there's, you know, checks and balances there. But if you're influencing DA races, there is nothing a DA cannot do to accommodate that agenda. So if you're against bail, like a lot of these nutjobs are, you find a DA who's not going to enforce bail laws. If you want... Uh, lesser sentences. You, you find the DA who's going to offer better plea deals, and all you know. If you want someone who's going to you know be hard on cops, so you find someone who's who's going to be hard on cops, um, and you know it's sort of playing into this whole you know defund, it's, it's coinciding with this defund the police era, and. One thing I'm actually surprised more Republicans haven't brought up is if you look compare us to Europe, we have something like 30 percent fewer cops per capita than Europe does. So people are always saying defund the police. Well, we don't even have as much as most developed countries do. Um, so we can, it's, it's quite the opposite.
0: So w- when in your research, Matt, I find George Soros so terrifying because he is cold and calculating. Um, it is almost as if he sees himself above humanity. Um, And he talks at length openly about experiments with countries and experiments with freedom. And, yeah, people are going to die and people are, you know, countries are going to be overthrown and thrown into chaos. And it might go wrong. But it's kind of a fun thing.
4: What is his? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So the, the introductory quote to the book is one from Soros, where he says, my goal is to be the conscience of the world. And the first chapter is all just sort of. You introductory information about his life, you know, I cover the infamous 60 Minutes Nazi story, I, I read through all his personal philosophy, and it, you know, it's it sort of, in any other context, it's usually, like, either lazy or cliche to say, yes. you know, my political opponent just wants what's worse for the world, but I cannot come up with a better explanation. I mean, this guy is an open egomaniac. He pretty much comes close to saying he's a sociopath. And, you know, and I think you played it on your show on Fox when he was on 60 Minutes and talking about, like, aiding the Nazis in Hungary. And, and the host kind of gave him, like, a, an out and said, well, you know, obviously you were forced to do this. You felt bad. And he's like, oh, no, I mean, if I didn't do it, someone else would have done it. Um, he, he's since tried to reverse course on that story and, and a lot of Soros backed publications which unfortunately is most of them will claim those out of context but i, I ended up actually finding writing from sources own father that confirms exactly what he said on 60 minutes and it's exactly as we thought it was so no, and, and, you know, and that,
0: that was one of the things matt that i saw early on in soros uh, you know i don't blame him for what happened in the war what he did anything i don't judge anyone in that situation i can't i don't know what i would do if i were in that situation i would hope not that but i might So I'm not going to judge anybody on that. But the fact that this happened and an entire lifetime has gone by and he has never had a regret on that. That's not human. That is just that's sociopathic.
4: If he had just said, I did what I had to do to live and my God, my whole life regretting, it. that's just a different story. But yep. he, I mean, he even compared it to finance where he's like, Oh no, it's just like in finance. You have to exploit certain things. Like it was, just, it was almost like a game to him. It was just a uh, bizarrely creepy and just the demeanor too. It's, I mean, one of the things about sociopaths is I, I don't think they're that self-aware. So it's, it was years after that, that he finally decided, Oh no, actually that was somehow out of context. And you know, I don't want to sound conspiratorial. I know you can't really scrub anything from the Internet, but it's you have got to go through a few pages to find the full video or the full transcript. And, oh, my God. You know, I don't know if you know people that are allied with him are just kind of trying to bury it a little, but you've got to work a little bit to find that. I've never
0: I've never seen anyone more well protected uh, by the press, et cetera, than George Soros. It is amazing the machinery that he has put around him. Uh, And I think it might just be because everybody knows him as a sugar daddy and don't say anything bad about George Soros. I'm not saying that he's making threats, but there is. I mean, actually, he has to me and my staff, but um, he he doesn't usually have to because everybody looks at him as this great philanthropist, this great guy who's going to change the world. And it's so dark. How? How much worse is the George Soros influence today than it was when I was introducing him to you when you were in high school?:
4: <laughs> Well, you were uh, shining a light on him right kind of at like the cusp of his local influence. He started going to that in about 20, uh, 2010 um, so it's been ramping up since then. Um, and he spent more on presidential races, which you know he doesn't have as much you know, sway there, but he spent way more on trying to defeat Trump in any other elections before that. Um, So, and the thing is, too, you know, what one part, the last part of the book is what happens when this guy dies. I mean, he's 91 years old, and I, I ran the numbers. So he spent about 20 billion throughout his life on these causes. He, in the past few years, donated 32 billion to his own foundation, and that's presumably sort of you know estate planning for his ideological goals. So there's you know one you know one and a half times more money to be spent in his last years of life and beyond the grave compared to what he's spent so far so it it, you know he's unfortunately seems like he's just getting started and his his sons are going to kind of continue the empire
0: yeah and i've heard his son is just as bad um in in philosophy wise um matt we're talking to matt palumbo he is uh, the author of a book that just came out the man behind the curtain uh inside the secret network of george soros i think anything you can read about george soros that tells even in even a Oh, he's had bad days and he's yelled at people's stories is worth reading uh, because no one has the balls to write the truth about George Soros. This is the truth about George Soros. Is there any chance in the future that you see that, you know, there's a few countries where he is unwelcome. Uh, And and he is not allowed to go in and do any business or anything else because these are old former Soviet satellite states and they know exactly who he is. Um, Is there any chance that you see America ever getting to the point to where we're at least calling him out and saying, you're a very dangerous and bad influence?
4: Uh, It's tough. His arm is just so many outlets. In fact, I I have a chapter where, I uh, just details connections to media outlets. And my criteria is they have to serve on a board of the Soros backed initiative. And yep. you go to the list and it's New York times, MSNBC, ABC, C, I mean, every place you could list, including people that you th- you know, that you'd think like associated press, would you think maybe they're just center left? No, they've got Soros backed people. And you know, the the way to see the influence is just type Soros's name into the search bar on those websites, <laughs> And if there's, Ever anything negative about Soros, the framing is it's an anti-Semitic conspiracy. Yep. Now, if it's Sheldon Adelson, it's not anti-Semitic, but if it's against Soros, it, of course it is. So that's kind of how they've been protecting them. Um, and you know, we just need more independent media, really. And I think people will finally wake up. Hopefully. Did you
0: did you have any qualms? That I mean, because I, I know when George Soros threatened me uh, and threatened my staff, uh it it was. Quite an earth-changing thing. It's why I did the Puppet Master, because the advice was get out in front and make sure everyone knows uh, he's the number one. You're his number one enemy. It'll provide safety for you. Um, Was there ever any thought as you're revealing all of these things and you're writing this book? This might not be the best idea for me personally. (laughs)
4: Uh, You know, I have had people warn me, I I didn't talk to them directly, but uh, Richard Poe and David Horowitz, who wrote The Shadow Party, my publisher actually reached out to them to ask, like, did any weird things happen after you published that? And they said they were fine. Um, But I I know a lot of people who've spoken out against him and just, you know, weird sort of things started happening to them. Um, So yeah, it was, uh, that was a consideration. And it did play a role in the book distribution, for instance, you know, it's, We have, you know, for people like me, very good libel laws in that you can say a a lot of things about a public figure. We only can publish a book in America because we publish it somewhere else. We risk him suing just for the sake of suing. So, you know, we were, you know, cognizant of that risk. Um, You know, as as to my life, I mean, statistically, it seems like he probably has a shorter lifespan than me because he's, you know, 91 and I'm 28. But uh, it, it definitely did cross my mind. Yeah.
0: I, I can't thank you enough uh, for being willing to take this on. This is a book that I, I've always said I would like to write by the, uh, by the end of my life. Um, and uh, now I don't have to. Thank you for doing it. The man behind the curtain, uh, the author is Matt Palumbo. He is the content manager for Dan Bongino and the Bongino Report, who, by the way, love, love your boss. Um, uh, and I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for having the guts to take a stand. Thanks, Matt. Thank
4: you so much. Uh, you bet. It's great meeting you. Thank
0: you. Hope we get to do it in person sometime. Let me tell you about rough greens. Uh, poor Uno. Uno uh, had a little bit of his manhood uh, taken away from him. He, he was home yesterday, and, you know, he's still on medication, so he's, like, a little spaced out. But he's looking at me like, what, what just happened to me? Why? What did I ever do to you that you would do this? Uh, I just love him so much. I love him so much. And we feed him rough greens um it's a supplement that we put on top of the dog food it's not an actual dog food but when he was in the hospital he wouldn't eat and it wasn't because oh his stomach is upset or something he just he doesn't eat anything he's the pickiest eater ever we found rough greens and we started putting it on top of his dog food and he literally licks the bowl clean and we went to the vet and said tell me about all these ingredients what do you think and they said this is fantastic he'll really eat it it's fantastic The folks at Rough Greens know that and they know that your dog is going to be healthier. Your dog is going to live a longer and more active life if they get these ingredients uh, every day in their food. But they want to make sure that your dog will eat it and love as much as Uno. So they have a free bag for you. All you have to do is go to roughgreens.com slash back and your first bag will be free. They'll send you a little sample bag out. You check, make sure your dog loves it. If so, order some more and start feeding it to your dog. Put it on their dog food. They're gonna love it and you will see a difference in the health of your dog. 833 glen 33 83-G-L-E-N-N 33 or roughgreens.com slash
1: back. This is the Glen Back program.
0: All right. Next hour, the Great Reset. If you missed my special last night, please watch it on uh, blaze tv uh, their uh, the youtube page you're not going to be able to search for it it won't it's not going to show up so go to youtube search glenn beck the great reset you won't find the special let alone all the other clips that we have um the algorithms are squashing this thing this is the best hour and 10 minutes that you can spend it will explain the basics of the great reset Now, if you're a Blaze subscriber, it's right on the front page. Make sure you watch it. Um, And next hour, I'm going to go through uh, a couple of the high points from last night's special. I really want you to understand uh, modern monetary theory because it's a Rosetta Stone. When you understand this, you will see why the Great Reset is so important, why we're spending money the way we are, and how it ends. The other thing I want to do is I want to give you the names of the banks and the actual rules that are either implemented here in the United States or being implemented here in the United States. All of that coming up after the top of the hour. Make sure you watch this and please rate review if you're watching it on uh, YouTube. Rate and review it, subscribe to my page, Glenn Beck's page on YouTube, also the Blaze TV page on YouTube. Anything that will help those algorithms and get us out of, you know, the digital ghetto. I don't know if it'll work, but every little bit helps. And then pass that on directly to a friend so they can watch it as well. Back in a minute.